0: What is going on y'all and welcome back to another new money movement. I am so, so happy to have you. I really hope you're enjoying everything, all the news and all of them, all them things. But today, a little bit of a lighter week, you know, not too many crazy stories. I mean, there's some stuff out there, but a lot of it's noise. I mean, like most news. It's noise, but there are a few interesting stories. And today we're gonna start off with Lululemon. So Lululemon seems like they're trying to become the next Nike, apparently. They said they're going to try to double their sales to $12.5 billion by 2026. And they have three core areas where they're trying to grow. So this comes uh, from their earnings call, I believe, uh, that was last week. So they're trying to grow their products. So they're gonna double their men's sales and launch new categories. So that's one thing that, to their credit, they really have been working on over the past few years is 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 expanding and into uh, men's clothing and things like that and that's been fantastic and you know i'm starting to like enjoy more and, and and it really is awesome stuff and there's a ton of growth to be had there uh there's a huge market and uh, their products are very good and if they can compete with the nikes and the adidas and the you know sort of athleisure you know, brands of the world and athletic brands of the world. That's a huge, huge growth driver for them. Uh, experience so double online sales and strengthen its community. Strengthen. It's like sometimes these, these frigging companies will just say things. What is strengthen the community? Like, what does that mean? Numerically, you know, quantitatively, like, you know, whenever you hear that sort of qualitative, like we're gonna strengthen the, like the brand's already really fucking strong. So like, what does that actually mean? Uh, and they're looking to quadruple their international sales by growing in China, Europe over the next few years. It's so interesting because with all of the issues and things that have come out with, obviously, you know the, the Russia-Ukraine crisis and and uh, a lot of the um, you know supply chain issues that are coming. It's it's funny to hear. You, you haven't heard much about like, you know, expanding globally much. I mean, just for me, I haven't come across a lot of companies that are like super focused in, in, in expanding globally and global expansion and uh, trying to, you know, grow in these emerging markets. Like a lot of that stuff's pulled in a lot of it because there's just so many issues domestically that companies have had to take care of and or in, you know, in countries where they're already dominant that they have to sort of manage. There's been so much freaking shit that they have to deal with it, it, within their own borders or where, where, where they already have a lot of market share that it's been tough to expand outward and things like that so I really just to come to think of it as I'm recording this I am like I haven't heard companies or people or like really think about that kind of expansion and so even when I was reading this I was like yeah I guess expanding into those markets makes sense but like it's just in this environment right now it's it's totally different and pre-pandemic it, it's just like there was. that's what every company was doing it's like we're going global we're doing this we're doing that we're emerging market you know we're going to grow in africa that was a really really big uh, key driver you know you kept hearing that and And now everything's really, really started to slow down. So they really are trying to compete against Nike and they acquired a home fitness startup called Mirror for 500 million. Not really sure how that's doing. I saw that that came out, it seems overpriced. You know, they're obviously targeting a higher demographic with stuff like that. Uh, And they also announced a new membership that includes fitness classes and things like that. So I think similar to like Nike's membership strategy that they have or had or whatever. But yeah, I mean, they're really going after them. Absolutely. So in other news, guys, uh, April is done. We're into May now. The market had one of its worst months in decades. I think it's for the NASDAQ, uh, which fell 13.3% in April. It's the worst monthly performance since October 2008. Y'all know what happened in 2008 during the financial uh, crisis. And the S&P 500 lost 8.8%. Uh, It's worst month since March. So if I look at the S&P right now, uh, we're sitting at 12.8% as of May 3rd uh, down year to date, which is, you know, it is an absolute absolutely is a correction. You know, if you look at the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ is held up a lot by big, big tech. Right. And I I believe there there are some crazy statistics that have come out of uh, uh, the NASDAQ. I can't I don't have them. You know right in front of me but i believe the majority of companies uh, like i'd say 30 40 percent of companies in the nasdaq are down 50 percent or more or something along those lines and really big tech is 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 holding up and booing this the the, the nasdaq and, and a lot of these tech companies but if you look company to company and you go all the way through there's 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 a ton of blood a ton of blood it's been really awful to be honest and there is a subset. I think it's like 20% of companies, or 15% of companies. There's a, there's a, you know, a, a sizable portion that have lost 70% or more. And again, I apologize for not having that directly in front of me, but those are pretty accurate numbers, and I've heard them over and over. And so it's just been a huge slide. Obviously, with inflation so high, uh, and and you know, uh, the Fed, the United States Fed being very, very open and honest about how they're going to hike until the inflation cools off. Uh, We have a a bunch of uh, issues that we've been talking about. There's nothing new here. And so it's it's just looking like that might be the worst of it and it seems kind of bottomy it's like okay we have you know sort of the uh, ex- extraneous things that are priced in and it's like okay we know that interest rates are going to rise we have a feeling that inflation is going to slow down i personally have been saying uh, that the rate of change month over month has been slowing down i think russia ukraine kind of fucked that a little bit but i think that that sort of trend is going to continue but yeah tech stocks have been the epicenter of uh, the april sell-off But what's, you know, somewhat, um, you know, positive and and is something that, you know, we talk about a lot here is I saw that Warren Buffett scooped up 51.1 billion dollars of U.S. stock during the market sell off in Q1. So January, February, March, you know, everything's sliding. Warren Buffett, the king, you know he wouldn't say it's buying the dip you know that's uh according to morning brew but yeah he he scooped up billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of stock because he's really living by that and i think you know that's that's a big thing for us i mean i've definitely bought a lot of stock in the first quarter uh, i've definitely been buying into it as i've been doing and i think it's so interesting because and i all the podcasts that i listen to all the content that i'm taking in it's so ridiculous how quick people switch when we actually get into this environment And i understand it's behavioral finance and, and economics and oh you know the you, it changes how we act and things like that but like people have such short memories guys we had 12 years 12 13 years of just a, a fantastic bull run one of the craziest bull runs In the history of mankind, I mean, it was just year after year after year. We were just we're averaging like 14, 15 percent through that time per year. Crazy, crazy growth. And you'd have a little bit of a drawback, but for fucking years, people were saying, "Oh, I can't wait till the, you know, the pullback. I can't wait to buy in, whatever." And then we're finally in this beautiful, you know, correction kind of territory, similar to 2020. 2020 was a flash in the pan. Like it was just quick, bada bing, bada boom, gone. We're finally in a place where you could really, really do extremely well if you if you continue to buy in and whatever, right? And yet people are just, it's just, you completely forget about it. It's like, well, I don't want to lose my money. How much more is it going to slide? And all those classic, you know, sort of psychological barriers that, you know, we talk about in, in behavioral finance and things like that just start to come back up. And it's like, guys... We're gonna be okay. Like everything's gonna be okay. Like this thing is gonna dry out. You know the the the, the supply chain issues, uh, uh, you know the geopolitical issues. they're 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 sort of medium term. Like it's gonna continue, and I don't expect it to bounce back. You know V shaped recovery in terms of the the stock because, again, the Fed is 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 quant. You know tightening. Uh, they're buying back securities. They're they're pulling liquidity out of the market, right? And so when they they really do drive the market. So if they're pulling liquidity out the raising rates, you know, we're not going to have that boom. It's just not going to happen because there's just they, they really do set that uh, for for U.S. and Canada and internationally, too. You know, you look at China. China's having a difficult time right now. Their economy's a little bit, you know, somewhat uh, rocky right now. So there isn't, you know, this 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 potential for this, the, the March, you know, the, the April, May, June sort of recovery of 2020. But there is chance for it to steadily increase over time and as we're investing and as we're getting more involved into the market we we need to think about that long term and so that's a a long diatribe of just saying like there's a lot of things here and it's not going anywhere but like this is what people have been waiting for and this is what from time time after time after time i'm like this is a great time i mean i you know I, i look at one of the biggest holdings that i have is vfe which is the vanguard s p 500 canadian you know etf it's at levels that like I, I love, like it, it looks great. You know, I, I remember when it was trading around above 100, I was like, God damn, if this could just get down to 93, 94 dollars, like I'd be in a good spot. And if, if I look at it today, you know, it's at 95 bucks and it was at 94 bucks uh, yes earlier today and, and yesterday as well. And and so it's like, just remi- 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 remind yourself, <laughs> of the fundamentals and and there are just going to be bad news after bad news supply chain after supply chain thing but there is just this is this is the time to really make your wealth if you guys are looking for a new credit card that's awesome and gives you great cash back you're looking for a fantastic savings account that'll give you a good yield a good return on your money for i mean it's not going to give you 10%, but it'll give you something. Then you guys need to check out Neo Financial. They are a proud sponsor of the show, uh, and they've supported your boy for some time. And so uh, I would love for you guys to check out some of the products. They are, in my opinion, one of the best things in fintech in Canada right now, uh, especially for young Canadians. Uh, and so, you know, and who knows, maybe Americans soon, but uh, right now Canadians. So if you guys are interested at all in getting a better credit card, better savings account, better uh, want to build a credit with their credit builder, check out the link in the description. I'm telling y'all, you will not regret it. Okay, so I just wanted to sort of talk about the Elon Musk story as, as it's uh, continuing to go on. Yes, there is a chance that this could fall through. I think uh, he would owe Twitter a billion dollars if this fell through for whatever reason. But I, I saw this really, really, really cool, sort of like, and I wish, you know i'll try to show this on the, the clip this really cool outline of how elon musk purchased uh twitter for 46.5 billion so how it's structured just for you guys your knowledge so 21 billion cash 21 billion elon musk cash he actually sold off i think it was eight billion dollars worth of something like that of worth of stock uh as well as uh, you know figuring out a different way to, to get that cash or he, I know he, he had to he had to sell off a bunch a couple of months ago but Elon is putting through 21 billion of his own money through it then you got 13 billion dollars worth of a buyout loan so a buyout loan is a type of financial transaction in which loans are issued by financial institutions are sold sometimes at a discount to new owners right so that's that's 13 billion dollars 3.5 billion by Morgan Stanley 2.7 by Bank of America 2.7 by Barclays. 2.7 by MUFG. You got a little bit from BNP, a little bit from Mizuho, and, and, and It doesn't even say how much they have, <laughs> right? And then you have $12.5 billion worth of a margin loan against Tesla. So margin loan, basically he stakes uh, his Tesla equity and loans against it. And so this is the other part. So you got 21 billion cash, 13 billion buyout loan, 12.5 billion margin loan against tesla so you got morgan stanley bank of america you got some canadian banks in there rbc's got a uh, three quarters i think it's uh cibc's got 0.4 a bunch of other banks as well so you've got tons and tons of banks that have just been kind of pooled together uh, to put up the other half of this so to speak so it's it's a remarkable way and i know we talked about it a little bit but like again just a fantastic like the way he pulled this together so quickly from so many different partners and, and the way it just kind of wrapped up. I mean, yes, you could think about it like, you know, one, all these guys are fucking connected. All these motherfuckers are connected, right? But it really is uh, remarkable how how quickly that turned around, how quickly he won them over. And once it was, you know, locked down, forget about it. Now we have talked about their sort of stock performance uh Twitter I think since its I- IPO it's up 76% but I mean it's been pretty much sideways forever and if, even if you look at the Nasdaq uh the Nasdaq you know before this crash was somewhere around 300% over that time I think the S&P uh was was somewhere around there, just a, a lot bigger a lot better performance and so Elon is planning to take it private he's going to you know, make a lot of changes and a lot of people on, on the left side uh, are, are, or the far left I should say are very up in arms about it I mean I, who cares like it's it's not really that big of a deal I don't think the platform's going to change that significantly you know there's this interesting argument where people were saying well now you know uh you know all this all these all this hatred and all this racism and all these different things are going to come because Elon Musk is going to let all these rampant people come in it's like no like free speech doesn't necessarily under the constitution you know to my knowledge doesn't protect hatred and harm and 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 you know fighting words and things like that that's still going to be against the platform's policy right and elon even clarified this and said hey i'm coming out here to align twitter with the law so if it's illegal then it's not going to be on the platform and if it is if it's legal then it's going to be on uh, you know and there might be some nuances and there's still going to be some moderation but by no means, and I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions of this whole thing is Elon coming in here to, you know, spread hatred and, and all this terrible things. I mean, he, he said that he wants Twitter to be one of the most inclusive platforms in the world, right? Like that that's he really believes. It. I think he literally tweeted that today. Let's go to Elon Musk's Twitter right now and check what he said. He literally like has been very clear that he wants more people, he wants both sides. He's talked about the town square. He wants, which is a like inclusivity is is an extremely progressive value, right? Like if, if you think about it. I mean, and and it's, you know, the way that it's gonna gotten contorted, but like really, like at, at its heart, it seems like he he wants to be inclusive, which is a very progressive uh, uh value. And it seems that though that's why he's doing this. I mean, there's obviously other motivations, whatever. I've I've maintained that this guy, this is his plaything right and and his other stuff is up here that you know saving the humanity and global warming and all that kind of stuff and then it's just like this is his play thing it's expensive but like you know it's a billion dollar play thing Yes, literally two hours ago. He, there is so much potential for Twitter uh, to be the most trusted and broadly inclusive platform in the world. And so I, I just think it's it's unfortunate that he people are, are thinking that he's just gonna take it and, and ruin the platform. It's obviously gonna make this thing better. In my opinion, it's gonna be better. He's talked extensively about getting rid of bots, which are a massive problem, uh, not only on Twitter, but across uh, Instagram and, and TikTok. And I deal with bots and they are terrible guys i get like 20 30 bots impersonating me a day out here commenting things trying to scam you know my audience and you guys and different things it's like such a terrible problem and it doesn't seem like meta or even ByteDance dance or you know twitter before Elon bottom cares at all about this i mean it might be that big of a problem but He's talked about that he's talked about the open sourcing making sure that it's very clear about why things are the way they are there's been some conspiracies that have come out that now that he's gonna buy the company you know right-wing people are getting a boost and left-wing people are are are, are dropping i you know i don't i don't really know about all of that but i would say that you know it i think this is going to be if if it goes through officially and all that kind of jazz because i'm sure there's going to be a news cycle where it's like this officially is going to happen of course it's going to I really think he's going to pull through with this but like I just I think it's going to be a a, a very interesting um, platform I think it'll be a lot more popular I think a lot more people will be on it I think it just makes more sense to run it in in a very broadly inclusive way and and not really overly moderate it and, and and sort of you know try to control everything right kind of take your hands off and and basically just align it with the law and if it's within you know, call it call it the the U.S. law, and and that that's an interesting topic too. You could argue this is a global platform, which law is it abiding by, because there are nuances across countries, and that's a very good point. But I would say he's probably it's an American company, so it's probably going to try to align itself with with the Constitution and things like that. But I mean, yeah, I, all this all this all this talk that's coming out of this, it's like I don't know. <laughs> And guys, the last story of the day. So U.S. job openings, and I'd imagine this is fairly similar to Canada, and total quits reach records in a very, very tight labor market. So the Department of Labor on Tuesday reported a seasonally adjusted 11.5% million job openings in march which is an increase from the 11.3 from the prior month uh, so i think these these numbers are a little bit delayed here but the number of times workers quit their jobs rose to 4.5 million in the same month slightly higher than the previous record in november of last year guys like i said this last episode i'll say it again and this is just validating what i'm saying it's never been more wide open right i will say it every single episode if you are unhappy in in really i said white collar it, it could be just across different jobs there's a massive opportunity quits are at an all-time high because there's more you know mobility in the marketplace you know we, we've talked about people who uh, are, are are initially blue collar and there are some great online resources that you can take to get you into you know more white collar high-paying job you know google has courses that are that are very cheap that you can take to try to get into tech guys it's it's, it's insanity Separate private sector estimates showed that demand for labor remained red hot through April. So this is April as well. Job sites like ZipRecruiter said employers had about 11 million job openings last month. Consumer-facing industries like accommodation, food services, along with arts and entertainment, crazy job openings. If you don't like your job, get out there and look, please. I'm begging you. If 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 you so much as annoyed by you know some person that's like adjacent to you at your job please go out and look, it's out there. And I'm telling you in a year, if I talk to one of you guys that listens to the podcast and you're like, man, you know, I've been here, I've been unhappy for a bit, I'm gonna like slap you because it's it, it's, it's wide open. I'm not saying it's for sure, I'm not saying whatever, but it's like, if you're gonna make the jump, make the jump, I know I sound repetitive, It's because it's true, I need you guys to do that. And that is really, all I have for you this week. Not the craziest news cycle. I'll try to bring it uh, a little bit hotter next time, but I really appreciate it, y'all. I love y'all, and I will catch you in the next one. Peace.